Welcome to Kibia, the spirit of sauna. Join your hosts, Alan Jalishaw and Alyssa Lansdell, as they explore the history, culture, and lifestyle of sauna. Whether you're a lifelong aficionado and expert like Alan, a relative newbie and budding enthusiast like Alyssa, or just curious to see what all the fuss is about, this is the podcast for you. Sauna is so much more than meets the eye, so breathe deep, get comfortable, and share in the search for the true spirit of sauna. All right. To sauna is to sweat, and to sweat is human. We are sitting down today with science journalist and author of The Joy of Sweat, The Strange Science of Perspiration, Sarah Everts. She's here to talk today about, well, you guessed it, sweat. What is it? Why do we do it? And why do we come together to sweat socially? Yes. uh, Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Welcome to Kivia, the Spirit of Sauna. Thank you so much for having me. So, Sarah, I'm interested to know what sparked your interest in sweat in the first place because you know we we know that sweating is fundamentally part of the human experience and for those who have sauna it's part of the sauna experience whether we know it or not or whether we like it or not what what got you started on this subject yeah right why would anybody write a book about sweat <laughs> exactly. um, well, ultimately that's the question two things uh <laughs> uh I am, uh, like a lot of people, um, sometimes uh, a little bit mortified by my sweat. Uh, You know, I very much enjoy going to the sauna. Um, And in fact, when I lived in Berlin, I, you know, got hooked on going to the Aufguss, going to uh, saunas on a regular basis. But, you know, like a lot of people, sometimes I'm a bit mortified by my sweat when it happens in the wrong places. Um, And, you know, like a lot of people, sometimes I worry I might sweat too much. Um, And so I also am a science journalist and had spoken to enough evolutionary biologists to know that they think uh, that uh, sweating is one of the kind of superpowers, one of the things that makes humans unique, like big brains and and nakedness. So I thought, okay, I need to dig in a little deeper to find out more about this weird and wonderful bodily function. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you say in the introduction, Sarah, that having, you know, you have a master's degree in chemistry, more than a decade of science journalism under your belt. But you at that point had really chalked it up to not much more than sweat or sorry, salt and water and and some stink. So you found out a little more about this. Uh, What is it and, and why do we do it? I feel like if we know the answers to these, maybe we won't be as ashamed of it. So we sweat um, in order to cool down. Um, And the water that we release onto our skin is evaporated away by our body heat. And this trick um, of physics uh, is kind of what makes humans unique. Um, That sweat is sourced from the watery parts of our blood. So when we get too hot, uh, all of our veins push up against our skin. It's why folks with white skin turn a little bit red, because all your veins are, are right up there. And um, that water evaporation 
um, cools down the blood rushing by. And by the way, that watery fluid is actually also sourced from um, that blood rushing by. It's just the watery parts of blood with all of the big stuff, you know, filtered out. So we get our sweat from our blood. And as uh, that hot blood from our interior is flowing by our skin um, and cooling down, it goes back into our core and and cools us us there. And so it's this kind of amazing strategy, which works because we're all naked. Humans are, well, mostly naked. (laughs) Some of us are also a little hairier than others. (laughs) But um, if you compare us to like a dog, right? A dog also cools down by evaporating water, except this time it's off their tongue and they use saliva instead of sweat. And they've only got that tiny little bit of real estate um, off of which to cool their whole body. Whereas us humans have all of our real estate, all of our skin is naked. um, And so we can evaporatively cool uh, very efficiently and this makes us kind of special in the animal kingdom we are the best at cooling ourselves down um, more so than than many other animals and uh, yeah when you you think about a dog it's kind of amazing that they they manage to cool their whole bodies just off of their tongue so it sounds like what you're saying is even though dogs sweat in their way the way humans do it in in order to cool down is uniquely human how did that happen? How did how did was it always been that way or is it more of an evolution? Yeah. So this is actually our evolutionary superpower. So if you think of our closest um biological neighbors or genetic neighbors, that's the chimpanzee, Um, and we share almost all of our DNA with with them. They cool down like dogs, primarily by panting, whereas we lost all of our hair and got all of this real estate um, off of which we could sweat and cool down. And what's really interesting is that if you think back into the heydays of our evolution when we're on the savanna, um, most of our predators run way faster than we do. Um, And so you know, we get hungry, we chase after an antelope, and they sprint away. Um, Well, here's the thing, and this is how sweat has, you know, helped humanity pretty much live anywhere in the world. That antelope is sprinting away, but it's got to cool down at some point. And because it doesn't have sweat glands and such a sophisticated uh, cooling strategy, it has to stop um, so that it doesn't die of heat stroke. Because by the way, overheating is a terrible way to die. Meanwhile, because we've got this really great cooling strategy, we can chase after that antelope, not running as fast, um, but cooling at the same time. So we don't actually have to stop. And so when we catch up with the antelope, it freaks out and runs again and runs again, and we can keep catching up with it until it's so exhausted from heat stroke that we can easily kill it or it just actually dies that way. And so this ability to cool down while we are running is why humans can run marathons. Um, and it's why we really have this evolutionary superpower. Most other animals um, aren't as efficient at cooling and they can't cool while exercising. Interesting. I, it reminds me of the tortoise and the hare. I guess in this case, we're the tortoise. We're just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We're the tortoise and we win. But exactly. We win every time. Yeah. So you mentioned that dogs, their cooling strategies through their tongue and I've also heard and read in your book that pigs might roll around in the mud in order to cool down. And even though we think it's gross to sweat, uh, there's a lot of animals in the animal kingdom that have it worse. Can you walk us through some of those? 
Yeah. So effectively, the thing that makes us really unique in the in the animal kingdom is that we can evaporatively cool um, over a large surface area, and we use sweat, which is just the watery parts of blood. Well, dogs um, rely on saliva, but a lot of animals rely on anything else that they can produce that is wet. So seals will pee on themselves uh, to evaporate away their body heat using urine. Um, Some animals will vomit on themselves. Uh, Vultures will (laughs) poop a very liquidy poop on their legs. Anything that dispatches liquid to the surface of your body is a great way to cool. And, you know, once you know what evolution could have given us, the fact that we just sweat kind of salty water um, is so much less gross than how many other animals uh, have to to cool down. And we have this like specialized machinery. Um, We have like two to five million of these sweat glands embedded in our skin, um, whose express purpose is just to cool us down. Um, Unlike these other animals that have to kind of, uh, you know, reuse other bodily fluids for the same cooling goals. Yeah, yeah come we've on. We've never had to complain pee. about, do we? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to know about, actually, this is a serious question, although I, I'm trying not to make jokes about peeing on each other, all right? So we don't have to do that. Uh, it's a lot more pure, too, I would say, in the sauna. I have never gone into a sauna. I've smelled some lovely smells in saunas. Um, eucalyptus and, you know, the Vichta, did I say it right? Anyway. All of these lovely smells, but I've never smelled that nasty, like what we're afraid of smelling like when we sweat. Why is that, Sarah? Yeah, well, we have two kinds of sweat glands. Um, We have the sweat glands whose entire job is to cool us down. And that's the two to five million glands over our whole bodies that are releasing that salty fluid that it has sourced from blood. Those are called eccrine glands. And that's only there to cool us down. And when you're in a sauna you are desperate to cool down or your body is, you're enjoying the heat. Um, But we have this other sweat gland um, that gets active at puberty and uh, is located anywhere where you have hair at puberty, so our armpits. And these are called the apocrine sweat glands. And that sweat is not at all like the salty floods that come out when you're in a sauna. That's actually pretty waxy, and I don't want to gross anybody out, but it's a lot like earwax. And it also flows in your armpits, so you've got both kinds of sweat glands in your armpits. And the reason you smell in some situations is because that other kind of sweat is out on your skin and actually it comes out also odorless but uh, we have bacteria all over our bodies and other microorganisms too and it's the bacteria living in your armpits that eat that waxy sweat that you know starts being produced at puberty and which is you know their byproducts the bacterial byproducts are what actually make you stink so you know the good news is when you do smell it's not really your fault. It's come out of your armpits odorless. But uh, the bad news is it's bacteria living in your armpits, metabolizing or eating or pooping. It's kind of a Jeez. euphemism for, for that yeah. uh, stinky smells into the air. So, yeah, in a sauna, though, mostly you're sweating this salty floods to cool you down. And that's why, yeah, um, you're not really as stinky as you might uh, expect. Yeah, well, that's good that's to good know. News. So... I know that sweating with others, other people in a, in a sauna is not a uniquely Finnish experience or invention. 
and that actually many cultures have had some sort of sweat ceremony like jimjibongs in Korea, Turkish imams, banyas in Russia, sweat lodges. Why do you think that is? Well, um, I think that, you know, we crave the catharsis that happens um, when you spend uh, a long time uh, in a sauna. But um, there's this catharsis, this feeling of release and joy um, that comes from having sweat in vast quantities actually is biochemical in nature. So when you go into a really hot place, um, your body freaks out and is like, oh no, we need to make sure she or he or they don't die of, of heat, of overheating. And so what happens is, you know, your, your sweat glands open up and um, a lot of uh, blood is, is rushing by the surface of your skin so that the, the hot blood from your core can be cooled by the sweating that's happening. And that experience, right, of pumping the hot blood in your interior around to the surface of your skin, that gives your heart a workout. And um, that workout is very similar to uh, the cardiovascular workout that you get when, you know, you do, you know, a run or, or other cardio exercise. And so you get the knockdown effects of like runner's high, um, which is, you know, just happy hormones that are released when your heart is like working out to cool you down. You don't get you know, the, the calorie burning that you get from exercise, you don't get the, you know, muscle building, but your heart does get a workout. And in that process, your body is releasing the happy cardiovascular hormones that, that you get when you do other kinds of workouts, like, um, yeah, um, like uh, epinephrine and, and other and other hormones. And so, so yeah, there's this actual biochemical catharsis. Uh, it feels like an emotional release. And that is kind of a, a wonderful experience that um, I think, you know, humans have, have realized since the dawn of time, effectively. And so, you know, we've all, you know, across many cultures and many geographies, um, you know, developed... Uh, spaces where we can sweat in vast quantities and, and get that emotional high. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, I want to ask you, because we were just talking to the sauna twins about um, <laughs> some, some really interesting experiences they had with Aufkuss in, uh, in Germany. And you uh, found yourself in the midst, and the way you write about this had me giggling and laughing and feeling you know, horror and euphoria, all of those things all together as I, as I read about this experience. Can you share that story um, in a condensed version with us and with our listeners? So um, there's sort of two kinds of, of Aufguss. There's, there's what is known as the traditional Aufguss. Um, and in this kind of ceremony, uh, there is an Aufguss master. And everybody goes into, um, actually, it's typically a, a Finnish sauna, even though this practice is more uh, Germanic in, in nature. And um, what happens is that the Aufguss master pours uh, a little bit of scented water. Um, usually it's been infused with like, you know, a, a beautiful essential oil like eucalyptus or clementine. And uh, the, the steam, the pulse of steam is like scented and, and, and wonderful. And then they pull out a towel and they start whipping the air around um, in the sauna, kind of pizza style. 
And what this does is it takes the hot air that's risen to the top of the sauna and it wishes it down to the bottom and it takes the cool air at the bottom and wishes it back up. And it kind of gives you this like weird feelings of, of temperature change. Um, and then they start like whipping um, the towels around and, and dancing kind of at <laughs> yeah. the same time. And it's this actual very... Um, beautiful and meditative uh, relaxation process because you see this person moving you know a towel around like think of ribbon dance um, but with a towel wow. <laughs> um, and so uh, that that is like the traditional elf goose and you know sometimes there's like new agey music kind of the stuff that you would hear in a sauna well um, then there's the elf goose theater and uh, this is like a whole nother level of, uh, yeah, it takes kind of sauna into the kind of trashy glam <laughs> level. Like that. Um, and so sauna, yeah, I know. You're like, what? Because, um, you know, normally you think of a sauna as like this re reflective, meditative place. You don't think of a sauna um, as A, holding 200 people, being circular, and a place where you might do the wave naked. Um, and that so image, I went to honestly. the World Sauna Theater Championship. <laughs> I know, this is like counter to like, you, you tell this to somebody who likes to sweat, and, and they're like, where, what is this thing? So yeah, every year there's the World Sauna Theater Championships. Um, and uh, what actually happens is uh, the Alf Goose Master, instead of just doing this meditative um, kind of towel dance, they perform a three-act play in about 13 to 15 minutes, which includes like music, costumes, dancing, towel tricks, like um, people whipping around towels. Sometimes they do it in pairs and like are throwing towels in the air. They're throwing towels um, uh, and catching them through the back. And, you know, I, I went to one, uh, I've been to several actually, uh, but the one I write about in the book was in, in the Netherlands. And uh, the person who won that year um, had, like, did this ceremony uh, completely in um, a snowsuit. Uh, the story was about him climbing a mountain to, to search for his lost brother. And so he's like in a 110 degree sauna that's Celsius. I mean, like yeah. much hotter in Fahrenheit. Uh, you know, whipping around a towel, you know, with an ice pack, uh, an ice pick, and you know, boots, and uh, yeah, it it it's surreal and like heavy metal ballad music. Um, <laughs> really? And you know, people do uh, these sauna theaters. You know about all sorts of topics. Some like I saw one about the 101 Dalmatians. I saw one about you know uh, a FIFA like the the race car drivers. Um, yeah, anything that you can imagine uh, can be performed uh, in theater sauna. Amazing. I'm interested to know how you uh, how you felt about. There's two, obviously you were talking about two kinds of Elfgos. What's your opinion on them on either one? Right. So you know. Like a lot of people, I, I go to the sauna to relax. <laughs> um, and, you know, this is kind of, uh, but, you know, in my heart, I, I love trashy entertainment. So I, I do love um, sauna theater, but kind of, uh, you know, I'm glad it's something that happens once a year and that you can go and, and kind of get your fill and, and have fun and, and dance and, and quite literally 
um, you there, these so, because it's uh, the world championship. You want to cram as many people into the sauna. So these are really large coliseum-sized saunas that can accommodate like 230 people. And yeah, you know, there's a lot of energy. And and yes, people do the wave around the coliseum sauna. I mean, this is not something that I, I want to do every time <laughs> I go to a sauna. But you know, once a year, twice a year uh, is sort of fun. And you know, every there's such great energy and and you know people are um yeah you you meet people all over the world uh who who love to sweat so that that's a great part about it um i think in general uh i think i would prefer the traditional sauna if i was on you know lost on an island and i only had you know one i could only bring one with me i'd bring the traditional elf goose with me <laughs> i had the fortune of uh i went to nordic spa and saw an elf goose but it was more it was less the theater and more the the feelings of the towel twirling around and the essences in the in the well they actually had snowballs they took snowballs and put the essence in there and then set it on the rocks and then they would slowly melt and that would infuse the air with that aroma which was fantastic yep. and then they would move the towel around just to give that sensation of the heat going up and down like you said and the, the heat wave and to me that was fantastic that's about as far as I want to go with it but I can appreciate the, and I'll use that word lightly, appreciate the uh, the theater on the other style of Ofgos. And I would probably go see that maybe, yeah, once a year. That's about all uh, what, I can What, Alan, handle. are you saying you don't want right. to do the naked wave, Alan? Oh, I can do the naked wave. Just, uh, <laughs> eh, not with uh, how many? 180, 200 people? So let people me say, people. no. <laughs> Maybe not 200 people. I'm but not. There bashful, is no but... body that looks good doing the naked <laughs> no, wave. No. Like all your floppy no. parts, no matter, just no. flop around. Yeah. There's no. What's interesting about you know putting um, the infused uh, odors in a snowball um, on the oven? I know uh, that you know this is a sauna audience. Um, is that because the uh, essential oils um, you don't want them to burn up on the hot rocks? If you put it uh, in a snowball, right the ice melts and it just cools down the rocks a little bit so that when the essential oils hit the rocks they're not kind of combusted um, but then they're more vaporized um, and so you can either do that by pouring water to cool down the rocks first and then putting the like essential oils on um, or you can do it with a snowball uh, an essential oil infused snowball it's it's super interesting physics but Anyway, I won't nerd out. I love it. No, we're, hey, you're talking to a couple of nerds here. We love, we love to nerd out. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm interested. I mean, you've talked about this uh, again and how you described it, how you said, I, I was going to not do the naked wave, but I was afraid that then I would be the only still person in the room and then everybody would stare at me. So these surreal experiences, I mean, you had so many of them that you document in the book. Uh, you've had your armpits sniffed. You have smelled sweaty t-shirts all in the name of love. You've had your sweat glands counted. What stands out as as the most surreal or unique for you? Yeah, I think it, well, it's two. Uh, probably when my armpits were sniffed by uh, a person whose job it is to be a professional nose. Like, this is like a woman who uses her nose, you know, to sniff out beautiful things, um, such as, you know, new whiskey blends or, or coffee roasts. Um, yeah. But she also uses her nose uh, to help deodorant and antiperspirant companies verify their claims. So if you've ever used a product and it says, you know, works for 48 hours, 
hers. It's because a professional nose, like this woman, has literally done a compare and contrast to two armpits. Um, and, you know, science loves things in twos, right? You have the control armpit that doesn't get the deodorant and then um, the other armpit that does. And then there is like a person whose job it is to smell whether the deodorant is working or not. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I heard that this this kind of job exists, I was like, I, I have to try it. <laughs> and then I arrived and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you know, somebody who's like, like, it's kind of like the nose version of a foodie. (laughs) Somebody who's got like an expert nose is literally going to smell my BO. Um, And uh, yeah, that was a bit surreal, uh, alarming, and and also ultimately fun. Yeah, it's amazing. So I've been through your book. It's very, very fascinating. I focused on the part with sauna, but there's so many other stories, anecdotes. In general, your book, if there was one message that you would like readers to take away from your book, what would it be? Am I allowed to have two? Sure. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So um, the first thing is uh, that detox is not a thing that happens through sweat. So um, when we are in uh, a sauna or exercising, the reason we are sweating is to cool down. If you actually uh, know how the body works, you will know that all these people who claim that sweating is a detox strategy don't fundamentally understand how the body works. So um, if you think about it, because sweat is sourced from the watery parts of blood, if you were to detox all the bad stuff that's circulating in your blood system by sweating it out, right, you would have to sweat out all the liquid in your blood and that would leave you completely dehydrated and dead. Um, Instead, our body detoxes nasty chemicals um, by filtering them through the kidney and then dispatching the bad stuff out in pee. What comes out in sweat is certainly so much more interesting than salt and water, right? What is coming out in sweat is, um, you know, vitamins, hormones, anything that's circulating in your blood, and sometimes some bad stuff too, right? Like if you happen to have heavy metals in your blood, it's going to also percolate out with all the good stuff like the vitamins and the hormones, um, or urea. Like there's there's stuff that is in blood um, and thus in the sweat that comes out on your skin that's not great. But if it comes out, it's incidental. The weight that your body purges it is um, through the kidneys and, and pee. And so, yeah, sweating is not a detox strategy. It's a cooling strategy. You do get like a euphoria because it's a workout for your heart. Um, and so you're making happy hormones um, as a consequence. But yeah, I'd say number one thing um Sweating is great and wonderful, but not a detox strategy. Then the other thing is kind of um, related to the fact that it's sourced from blood. So everything that comes out in your sweat is circulating in your blood. So, for example, if you... um, are drinking alcohol, uh, that's going to be coming out in your sweat. Um, And in fact, forensic scientists are super interested in analyzing what comes out in your sweat. So I had um, my fingerprints tested. So when you leave a fingerprint behind, that's actually just a sweat print, right? It's inked in sweat. And just from a single fingerprint, um, a forensic chemist figured out that um, I had had a morning coffee 
Now, that's wow. you know, not super, <laughs> super shocking, well. right? Because she could see the caffeine in my sweat. But had I spiked that coffee with a little vodka or done a line of cocaine on the side, <laughs> that also would have come out in just the trace amounts of sweat that I'm leaving in a fingerprint, as would you know any evidence of disease. So you can find cancer biomarkers in sweat. You can um, learn if somebody is a vegan or a meat eater. Um, so there's all this like information that scientists can analyze just from the trace amounts of sweat in a fingerprint. So you can imagine that uh, all the drips of sweat we leave everywhere are sort of, you know, our secrets, our biochemical secrets being released. And this is both exciting because, you know, many of us have Fitbits or smartphones and, you know, they're measuring things like our heart rates. But the next add-on is going to be sweat patches that will give you a little pulse alert on your, your smartphone to say, mm, Alan, maybe you should take a cab home um, from the bar <laughs> that you're drinking at because Brilliant. your blood alcohol level is a little high. Um, so, you know, that's exciting, but also you can imagine Big Brother um, can learn all sorts of things from our sweat. And so, yeah, I guess the other take home message that I, I, I'd like to have is that, you know, that salty water coming out, um, it's a lot more than just salt and water. There's all sorts of secrets um, that are, are also emerging and, you know, that we're going to be able to tap for better or for worse. Like part of me is worried about um, surveillance and part of me is like excited about the ability to, to be told when my blood alcohol level is high. So well, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing that, you know, really kind of uh, is a message I like to, to share. Yeah, for sure. That sounds like a one which, you know, it's an application that can help everybody. That's a that's a very good thing. Um, I want to ask you sort of related to this in a piece for the CBC, you said, and I quote, there's something utterly absurd about going for a workout or sitting in a sauna where the goal is to sweat bountifully, and then to apply antiperspirant. We're both mortified by sweat. And yet we also totally crave it. So I mean, you've indicated a little bit about how you would like us to think about sweat or start thinking about sweat. But what would you like to see change in how people view perspiration? Yeah, I wish there was a lot less stigma about it. I mean, when we sweat, it's our body just trying to stay alive. Um, but, you know, human nature is really funny. And, and I do get it. Um, I also am a person who, you know, gets a little bit embarrassed if I have sweat patches. Um, or I used to. Now I kind of see it in a more philosophical bent. But I think that the interesting thing about humans is we like to be in control. And the thing about sweat is it is entirely outside of our conscious control. If you think about the other bodily functions that kind of embarrass us, like a burp or a fart, um, these are things that you can control even for a microsecond in order to, you know, go, you know, sequester yourself from the social situation <laughs> and deal with it yeah. and then come back. When your body gets the cool down directive, there is nothing you can do to stop the sweat. Um, and that's because it's so essential to, you know, keeping us alive. We don't want to die of, of heat exposure. Um, but sometimes our body just sweats unexpectedly. And that, because it's out of our conscious control, I think that's why humans have this like weird um, relationship to it. And um, 
And and I think, you know, particularly in this era of, you know, social media where we like to curate our online personalities, the fact that there's something that's really out of our control, I think that that leads to um, kind of increased angst. And quite honestly, like, I just wish we could all, you know, relax and, you know, have a little bit of a perspiration pep talk, right? Yes. Like, you know, this is something we all do. It's That's our right. human superpower. Let's celebrate it I, instead of, totally, you know, stigmatize totally. it. Totally. And actually, when you talked about that, and this is why I'm so pumped about this book and about what you say, because it brings me back to I, almost 20 years ago now, I was in Vegas doing a red carpet event and hosting. It was 110 degrees and they were putting towels over the reporters' heads. They were giving us bottles of water to stay hydrated. And I was wearing a chiffon strapless dress and my producer, my male producer said, oh, Alyssa, you might want to do something about. And I I, I remember saying, really, Henry? Really, Henry? Of course there's going to be sweat under. Like, if I'm not sweating, I'm dead. So let's all get over it and just enjoy the fact that we are together in this, you know, this, this, desert and uh let's commune like humans and so that's really funny that 20 years later here i am talking to you about this because this is a movement i'd like to see happening yes wonderful let's yes. all start a sweaty cult let's start a sweaty cult i like that let's call it the sweaty cult love it yeah. have a good sweat and be proud <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I want to thank you so much, Sarah. We could talk to you forever uh, for speaking to us about this gross, stinky, amazing, wonderful, fantastic, and very human bodily function. Again, the book is The Joy of Sweat. I highly recommend it. Sarah Everts is the brilliant author, and it is on shelves now. Uh, Make sure you pick up a copy. Thank you very much, Sarah. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I generally don't recommend reading in the sauna, but in this case... I'll make an exception. It would probably be good Yay. reading while you're having a nice sound, a nice quiet sound by yourself. So thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to chat. Okay, Alyssa. I'm very excited and a little bit nervous about our next episode. Apparently, I'm going to be in the hot seat to answer all of your burning sound questions. Pardon the pun. We've got questions from our listeners and questions from email during a very special episode, Frequently Asked Questions. So I answer the questions, you just sit back and relax and enjoy. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to Kivia, the spirit of sauna. Please subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks. Take a moment to rate, review, and share the podcast and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kivia Sauna. This podcast is brought to you by Kivia.ca. Canada's premier destination for the sauna community, providing expert advice, quality saunas, custom designs, as well as authentic sauna accessories. Visit us today at kivia.ca. This has been a Memory Tree production. 